Hello and welcome to the Sweet as Honey podcast where we talk all things faith, advice, and intentional conversations to inspire your day. Today's guest is joining us all the way from Alabama. She is the author of her book, 51% and a med student at Auburn University. Please welcome Zoe Tenner to the podcast. <laughs> I feel like I need to put the little claps in there. <laughs> um but yeah Zoe and I met through like dance conventions as kids and I feel like in high school middle school um our dance studios would go to the same nationals and competitions and so we kind of got to know each other over the years on the road but I don't think I've seen you since like my junior year of high school or something (laughs) it's been a long time but it's been fun like keeping up over the years Mm so I'm happy that we get to reconnect and talk about all the exciting things you're doing. Yes, I'm excited. Thank you for having me. <laughs> of course, of course. Um, okay, well, I'm I'm excited for everyone to get to know you. So um, give us a little bit of like a snapshot of who Zoe is, where life has you, all that kind of okay. stuff. Um, hey, I'm Zoe Tenner. I grew up in Birmingham, Alabama, and I danced competitively. That's how I met Claire. And um, I was never a serious fighter. I was good as Claris, though. <laughs> just like just like <laughs> no, not true. Not <laughs> and I went true. to Ole Miss and didn't dance. Um, and I was a biology major. And now I'm in medical school in Alabama. And I hope to become a psychiatrist. So awesome. Yeah. How has med school been for you so far? Um, it's really hard, and it's a lot of work. <laughs> yeah, I bet. and it kind of it's feels impressive. like never ending, but <laughs> you just gotta do it. <laughs> You just got to do it. How long, like, how much do you have left? Um, it's four years of medical school, and then you have four years of a residency. So, really, it's eight years total, but I like to think of it as four. Yeah, <laughs> and you want to stay in Alabama? Or? Um, It depends where you get your residency. You don't really have too much of a say over it, just where you go, you go. Um, So, we'll see. Hopefully, Alabama, but I'm okay to other places. Yeah. Yeah, I was going to say, that's kind of nice that it's decided for you. Almost. Yes, yes. It's definitely in God's hands. <laughs> I like yeah, that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, true. That's awesome. I'm excited for you. Um, well, I want to talk about your book because becoming an author is an incredible accomplishment. And you know, it takes a lot of time and hard work. So is this something like you just randomly decided to do one day? Or how did you decide to write a book? <laughs> well, um, so my freshman year of college, I kind of had this concept come to me about 51%. And I just thought about it and was like, huh, that's that's it. That's so interesting. Then my junior year, I went through like a really hard breakup and kind of learned like what it really meant, what 51% really meant. And we'll, I'm sure, get into that. Um, and so uh, I realized that I really wanted all my friends to understand what it means to know the truth about God and to have a relationship with God. And um, I started writing a little bit of it and then was like, I probably will never like do anything with this. It was just kind of like yeah. something I thought about doing. And I talked to my mom about it and she was like, you should write a book. And I'm not a big reader or writer at all. Obviously, I'm in science. <laughs> <laughs> and so I kind of thought like, she's crazy. I'm not going to write a book. And then I would have dreams about book writing. People would say things to me about books, about writing, about whatever. And I told my mom wow. that my mom was like, I think God wants you to write a book. And I was like, no, like. This is, that's not, I really don't think that's in the cards here. I'm really busy. I'm in college. I'm pre-med. I'm involved in the dance program. I'm a rush chair. Like I just had all, I had so much else going on, but I was like, this is a lot. 
I said, uh, so I said to my mom, I was like, you know what, if everything would just like stop and I could go be at home with everything stopped for a few months, then I'll write it. And then a week after I said that, it was quarantine. And so my mom said to me, "Uh, you know, Zoe, I think I want you to write your book. I think that he answered what you asked for. (laughs) And even then (laughs) I was like, no, no, like not doing it. And so my mom and I went to church before it was like true quarantine masks. No one goes anywhere. And we had a guy come to speak about prophecy. And he pointed me out of the crowd and said, I have a vision of you writing. And my mom and I were like, my mom's like, does anything with her elbow? I was like, and I get home and I was like, so sorry about that, God. Like, love you. Just kidding. I was going to write it the whole time. Like, I'm on it. And then I kind of just started going with it. And then all throughout my junior and senior year, I worked on it. And my junior year, I would go to different churches and ask people questions. And I would just be asking my friends stuff like, what do y'all think about, uh, forgiveness and all my friends like what are you what, what are you doing like why are you asking us all these questions <laughs> and so I'll just be asking people questions all the time about their faith and their upbringing and all my friends were just so confused <laughs> and so I told them all what I was doing and they were like oh okay okay but I wanted to know kind of like what the general what in general people think before I wrote it and so I kind of studied a little bit about different denominations what they believe what my friends believed I googled stuff like how to pray and just to see what whatever everyone else believed because I had a really strong faith growing up with my mom. Um, and so then I wanted everyone else to know what it looks like in college to have a relationship with God and know that it's attainable and that it's relatable and that you can do it. And it's not just something that you have to be a certain person in order for you to have. Yeah. I love that. So your mom was like a big influence in your faith. Yes. Obviously yeah. growing up. That's so lucky. Um, mm-hmm. Not everyone has that, but when you do, it's like such a blessing. Yes, and I kind of realized that in college that it was a blessing, and I thought, wow, I feel like everyone else deserves to have like someone else telling them how to do it, what it looks like. So I feel like girls kind of grow up having like a faith base where they're in church and they're in groups and they're with their parents, but then they get to college and they have no plan or, or idea of what it looks like to have a relationship with God. And so I want to be able to just kind of provide that in like an easy little, here's how to do it kind of way. Yeah. And I love it too. Like your book is so, it's like cute and casual and relatable. <laughs> and I feel like anyone who reads it's like, oh yeah, I've been in this situation. Like I've been through these things. Like all that you talk about, um, I was like laughing a lot. <laughs> 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 it's definitely funny. <laughs> yeah, no, it is. And we'll we'll get more into it. But um, I'm so excited that you like listen to that call on your life and I think like when God wants you to do something, you just like, yes. <laughs> like, he's pushing you, and that's crazy. The story about like being prophesied yes. over. Wow, I've never had that happen to me, but I don't know what I would do. <laughs> I'd be like, <laughs> well, you got to go to a small enough church where they have a guy talking about prophecy there for it to happen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's so true, so true. Um, I think I want to ask this, but like, was faith? hard to keep up with when when you were in college like did you find it to be kind of something like you struggled with just because like the lifestyle of college I feel like because you you can understand this similarly and growing up in high school doing competitive dancing you don't have a lot of time for things outside of dance and so because of that I never really had like a religion go to church type of relationship with God my mom kind of used little moments here and there to teach me 
about God, and there's a lot of drama in dance for you to learn from. <laughs> uh, so I'm like, kind of capitalized on that to teach me different things. And so I, I grew up with a really personal relationship with God rather than more of a religion. And so when I got to college, I realized that, um, especially in the South in college, it's very much so there's like two two groups. Like you're either in it and you're like one of the girls that goes to the church services and goes to the campus ministry nights and is involved in the crowd or you're not and you feel the girls who are not feel like they kind of have to do things in order to go be a part of the other crowd but for me since I grew up such a personal relationship with God I never felt that way and I would just go alone sometimes and sit in the back and didn't make any any friends even at church or at the worship nights until later on in like senior year maybe I had some friends but um it was really hard kind of not knowing like which group I was in, I guess. And it was yeah. that there was like distinct groups. I'm kind of, it's be I'm being a little more dramatic about it than it really is, but it's definitely something yeah. that you have to like, kind of think of like, what's your identity going to be? And if you don't have a strong personal relationship with God going into college, then it's really easy for you to not um, get involved with the group that knows that is following God in college. Yeah. Yeah. That's so true. I feel like I teetered the same line too. Just like kind mm-hmm. of wanting to be both and um yeah I think it is hard because you like don't want to like put yourself in a box right and and, like I wanted to be around everyone and be relatable to everyone and sometimes I think Christian culture can kind of like push you to think you have to be a certain way and fit this like which we know is like definitely not yeah (laughs) definitely not it is it is a personal relationship and I think like if you have a strong enough faith and like are super confident in who you are and just kind of like can handle being in all situations with like all different people and like stay true to that like that's the best thing to be because you you can have such an impact on people who don't know God you know yeah but um okay tell us give like the reader or the readers give the audience like um a little bit of background on what 51% means okay so 51% really means that when you're trusting God, 51%, but you're trusting things of the world, 49%, then you will have happiness. And when I say the word happiness, I'm really meaning the fruits of the Spirit in Galatians 5, peace, patience, joy, faithfulness, self-control, all kind of packaged into happiness. Because um, I've I've talked about my book before and people have corrected me and said what I'm really trying to say is joy. But I think that happiness sounded cuter and a little more relatable. So I use the word happiness throughout the book. So what I mean by happiness is joy, love, everything that you would get from trusting God. Peace. Really what happiness means is when you lay your head on your pillow at night, is your mind racing? Are you anxious? Are you thinking about things throughout the day? Or are you just completely content, okay with where you are in life because you know that your identity is in God and nothing else? And you know that God's in control. But when you trust things of the world 49, 51% and you trust God 49%, then you will not be able to have that internal joy. You might throughout the day be like, I'm great. I'm having fun here and whatever. But then when you lay your head down at night, your mind's be racing. You're anxious. You're stressed. You're worried about this, worried yeah. about that. So that's really what yeah. 51% means. And um, I kind of have something written that I always kind of used to explain it because I get asked obviously a lot what's 51% people always want to know what it is so um yeah but um 51% represents how even when life seems overwhelming and you're trapped in worldly expectations 
pleasing other people or pressure to succeed. Just knowing how to surrender your control enough to fully believe in your heart that God is bigger than any expectation, fear, or conflict, and that his purpose for your life is greater and more powerful than anything of this world. Even if you just believe it 1% more than you believe in the pressures and standards of the world, then you will be able to experience God. And with that, you will know lasting joy, true peace, and a feeling of security that cannot be bought, sold, or taught, or found in anything other than a relationship of surrender to his love and his power. That's what that means. So it's like, I feel like I wanted 51% because even if you're just a little bit over, God will still meet you. You don't have to be at 100% and like leaving everything else behind for God to come meet you. He'll come meet you exactly where you are. And Mm -hmm. and then there is kind of the thing of the 51%. It's really, you're really close back to the 50, 49 kind of. So you want (laughs) to, you want to go farther past 51%. But once you're there and you understand what it means to be in a place with God where nothing outside or external can bring you down because you have the internal joy of knowing that God's in control, then you're going to want to keep going and getting further and closer and closer with God. But the video in percent is also really important because it's incredibly unique to just you in your life at that point. My yeah. like, worldly pressures, expectations, standards, things that I'm trusting in that aren't God are different from yours everybody else's and my level of that is different so and at different times in our life it will look different so like for example if you're in a relationship with a boy and you're really putting a lot of trust in in that boy for happiness then you'll break up it's going to be a lot easier for you to reach god because everything that you were trusting is just now the kind of the rug pulled out underneath you and now you're like i have no (laughs) choice (laughs) god really needs your help so sometimes it's kind of like that but it just really represents that if you are trusting god more than you're trusting other things for for happiness, for joy, for peace, for comfort, then you will be able to have the joy no matter what's going on. Yeah. I love the way it's put just because like, I think it can be overwhelming for people to be like, what does it mean to, to trust in yeah. God? Like, um, and it is just like that 1% more like yeah. daily. It's like that daily surrender. And um, I think it's just encouraging because it's not like, you have to be a hundred percent like every single day, all at right. once and like have huge change. You can't really expect that, yes. but you can expect like that he will give you more peace and more joy and like the fruits of the spirit, like you're talking about, like the more you do trust in him right. and surrender. And even if it's that just one percent more, like you're right, he'll meet you where you're at and he'll take yeah. he'll take whatever you're giving. And I think that's like the most beautiful part is like you really don't have to like change yourself no. to yeah. come to God. Like he doesn't, he would rather you come broken and mm-hmm. in your mess. Yes. I agree. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, I mean, I kind of, you've already answered this a little bit, but my other question was like, what was your goal in writing um, this mm-hmm. book? And I know you are yeah. really passionate now about like sharing your faith. So I think a big goal with the, with once you figure out what the doing percent means, you're like, okay, like I can do that. But I feel like a lot yeah. of girls are like, what does trusting God even mean? Because I kind of had that same question to myself. And I was like, wait, what is what is trusting God? I don't know. I kind of asked my mom. And I was like, wait, mom, what, is, what does trusting God really actually mean? And the biggest thing that I wanted people to understand is that trusting God is just knowing God. So, like, mm-hmm. if you have a best friend that you really trust, you didn't trust them until you knew them really well. So Mm -hmm. until you've trusted them with little things along the way, you'll never be able to trust them with with bigger things because you don't know them yet. So knowing who God is and how he works and how he operates and who he really 
truly is and how he wants you and his relationship to be is how you're going to trust him. So getting to know God is the most important thing. So that's why I have a chapter called um, God is Bestie Goals. <laughs> yeah, I remember that. <laughs> um, and because it, he really is Bestie Goals, I guess. <laughs> um, because the, when you trust him with things, then you'll see that he's faithful to you. And then over time, you'll say, you'll face something really hard you've never faced before. But you'll say, you know what? Every other time, God came through for me in a way that I couldn't even explain or imagine or ever thought up on my own. So why would I not? Mm-hmm. Why would I be worried? Like I'm not gonna, yeah. I'm not gonna be worried about this. And it's really cool. Yeah. I, I can totally see that in my own life. Like now, things happen to me, and I'm like, I, I'm not worried about it because I know I'm like God. You got that one. That, I'm like that, that one's yeah. on you. <laughs> Especially in medical school now, it's, it's really hard. Like <laughs> I'll have a test the next yeah. day, and I'm just like God. I really hope you studied because. <laughs> I don't know about this. <laughs> Wait, that's hilarious. But really, if you trust him with little things, then you'll kind of learn about who he is. And so that's why I have in the in the book little steps about how to get to know God. So forgiveness, what that looks like, the whole forgiveness prayer, and then um, just trusting him with things. And it all happens through prayer and talking to him and just telling him everything. Yeah. Because what I've told some girls um, is I have a challenge that I sometimes give people if they're scared to trust God. My challenge is the next time you have something that comes up that you're worried about, only tell God about it. Make God the only person you tell about it. Tell him everything about it. Say, God, I trust you with this. I'm handing this over to you. I'm giving this completely to you. Don't tell anybody else about it. Then what's going to happen? It's going to work out. Something's going to happen. Something's going to go perfectly right. You could never even thought of it on your own. It's going to just magically work (laughs) out, but it's not magic. It's God because the only person that you told it to was God. And then you're like, oh, okay, I can trust him. Yeah. So it's just if you can't trust anyone you don't know, then you got to know God. And that's what trusting God looks like. True. I always like put it this way, too. I'm like, knowing God, it's like with any relationship, you have to, like with the boys, mm-hmm. you know, you have to like, spend time yeah. with him to get yes, to know. Yes, exactly. Like, you have to put, if you're not like choosing to spend time with your boyfriend yes. or like putting intentionality into it, like the, the relationship's not going right. to grow. It's just, you know, it's like every other relationship you have to be intentional about, right? Like getting to know him, yes. you know? Yeah. Uh, I love that. Um, and I love like your boldness and sharing your faith in this book. And I know you talk about it a little bit, but um, I think with like anything, there's like that natural response to wonder, like, what are people going to think? How, yeah. you know, how will this be interpreted? I know I like felt that way about my podcast mm-hmm. when I first started it. They're just nerves that come with it. So did you experience that, like, writing your book? Or, like, what was your mindset going through the process of it all? Um, I, there was – I was so scared. <laughs> I did not <laughs> want to do it at all. <laughs> I was yeah. terrified of it. There was – if you – when you read it, there's parts where I'm, like, I didn't think I – I was, like, I kind of gave up here for a few months, and now I'm back. <laughs> there's little chapters that, like, I took a break in between because I was, like, I don't know if I can do this. I don't know if I can do this because then yeah. I'll just be, you know, out of my business and then think of, like, wait, what about girls that I've been mean to? What if they do this? Yeah. What about people who have seen me mess up? And then when I was writing the chapter that's how to stay in the 51%, I was like, I don't even do that every day. How, I don't know how I'm going to yeah. write about that. Like, I don't, I don't really even know what that looks like for me because I'm, I'm in and out of it so much. But then um, my mom always says, if your thoughts are coming from fear, then it's not from God. So at the, yeah. at the root of almost every fear is a lie that says God is not in control. 
So to defeat that, I kind of had to read my own book. (laughs) (laughs) I just kind of went back and read stuff and I was like, yeah, what what am I thinking? I I write about trusting God. So it was just kind of an interesting thing where my faith was really challenged and really built up and um, grew through the process of writing a book about trusting God. I really learned how to trust God even more than I thought I could <laughs> um, by writing it. Because I just kind of like didn't know too much about it and just was kind of saying, yes, okay, God, but I, I don't I don't think I know enough for this. But I learned a lot about yeah. it through that. And I was really scared about yeah. like, um, I was scared that people would judge me more for what I say and do since I wrote a Christian book. Mm-hmm. And I was also really scared that people would assume that I'm judging them. And so I learned that it doesn't take you writing a book from talking to people for you to fear other people's expectation of you as a judge or for you to fear people's judgments of you. Um, Mm -hmm. And so really, I just had to cling to the truth that God is in control and that he knows everybody else's hearts. He knows the nature of everyone's heart as they were reading my book. And and also God kind of talked to me about it and said, like, anyone who's picking up your book and reading it is is in a sense reaching out to me and giving me that like okay maybe I'll see what this is about with God and so anytime you reach out to God no matter where you are you don't even have to be 51% you can be at the 1% you meet the negative 10% God will still reach back out to you right where you are and so um, that was really cool for me to think about because the biggest thing is that God knows your heart and he knows where you are and he knows where I am. He knows where everyone that we know is, everyone we don't know is in their heart. And so he has the power to work in people's hearts and transform and change that. So um, I just kind of had to give yeah. over everyone's favor in their heart to God when I was writing and be like, all right, this is, this is not about me. This is about you. It's about people who need yeah. to read it. And I was really like totally. motivated by my friends and wanting them to just understand and know, know God and have a relationship with them. Yeah. I definitely relate. I think there's days when, you know, I might like mess up and definitely mess up. And I'm like, how do I have a podcast? Yeah. How am I talking about stuff? Like giving people advice when like, this is the decision I just made. And like, it really sometimes can take like, I don't know, a toll on me because I'm like, what? Like, this is, I don't know, like, I'm not good enough to yes. do this. And that's right. Like, such a, like a fear, a lie. Mm-hmm. And, too I think like you have to preach grace to yourself you're not gonna be perfect every day but like trying to share what you've learned Mm -hmm. and trying to help people and I think remembering like God doesn't have expectations (laughs) for you to like handle things right like right every day he knows you're not going to yeah (laughs) but there's so much grace um with that and too like I think yeah like if fear were to stop you from writing the book like you let the devil win right um So I'm glad that you like took your own advice and (laughs) and went against that. But it can be, it can Mm -hmm. be challenging and the devil does, you know, try to work his way in and stop you from doing the things God wants you to do. I think also sometimes with, I guess, just social media or anything you're doing on a bigger platform, it's almost like you're, you're more worried about the numbers of people that you're reaching. So like I have an Instagram for the book. It has like 400 followers. I get like 10 mm-hmm. likes a picture. And there's times where I'm like, I'm like, dang, like I've put like 30 minutes into this graphic. <laughs> but then I had, I had a moment where I thought to myself, if I were in person with those 10 people and those 10 people felt 
learned a new truth about God, I would be overjoyed. Like, I'd be like, yes. Yeah. I was like, oh my gosh, 10, I would probably come home and be like, mom, 10 people understood that when you're scared, it's just because God's not in control. Like, and so it's, it's like harder sometimes for you to like understand the magnitude of what you're doing when it's on a larger scale, like publishing a book or something like that, or having a podcast. But if you were to, if you had one girl come up to you and say, this changed how I think about everything. I'm always like, wow, just this one girl would be enough for me to have written this book. Like I've had lots of people come to me and tell me the things that my book has like, you know, changed their mind about this. It taught them whatever. And, um, I was like, wow, even if just this, this one, one person said this to me, I would, all of it would be worth it for that one person. So it's sometimes harder for you, like on a larger scale to feel like you're, what you're doing is making an impact or it's like worth whatever, I guess. Yeah. Well, I agree. That was my intent with starting the podcast mm-hmm. too. I was like, if I change one life, that's perfect. Right. Like, I don't need it to be the most popular yes. thing, you know? Um, but it's just something you want to do, you love to do. And it's like, mm-hmm. I don't know, we feel that call. It, there's really nothing that can get in the way yeah. of that. Um, yeah, I agree. Something that I like to say is when you're doing something that fulfills part of God's purpose for your life, he will make even the hardest things seem easy. And that really mm-hmm. happened whenever I was writing my book because I had a girl reach out to me and be like, oh, I do book covers or, oh, I can oh, help wow. you with this. And I was like, oh, well, of course. Like, <laughs> and it always be on days where I was like, I don't know if I could do this. I don't want to, I can't publish a yeah. book. And then I'd have my mom call me like, hey, this girl reached out to me. She wants to do your book cover. I was like, of course. Okay. 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 Like hi. Yeah. Yeah. That's funny. Yeah. And it is hard. Like, we're like it's hard because like something I always think is like I don't. I I feel like I'm not good enough to talk about this or to have this or whatever. Whenever I mess up, it makes you like judge yourself harder. But I think yeah, you just have to remember that God's in control and God's always proud of you. Like I feel like something I always hear God say to me is I'm so proud of you. So proud of you. Like whenever I get upset with myself, because we're our own harshest critic. It's not God. <laughs> yes, I know. I believe that. <laughs> um, I love like your personality throughout the book. And you can just tell it is genuine. Like it's 100% you. <laughs> yeah. um, it's, it's such a fun read. And like I said, it's kind of like that casual, but like um, very relatable book. And there were parts like the boys and the friends and school and everything that like, just girls in general can relate to, but um, did that stuff come easy for you to write? Were you nervous about writing about that? Um, I really wrote it like I was texting my friends. Like I have a friend named uh-huh. Mackenzie. <laughs> He's one of my best friends. And I kind of just wrote it like I was talking to her is what I thought of. And yeah. it just kind of came out exactly how I write it. Anyone of my friends who've read it are like, Zoe, I can't take your book seriously because I feel like you're just talking to me. Like. <laughs> You're like, it's making me laugh too hard because it sounds exactly like how you yeah. talk and how you talk. Yeah. And so it just kind of just, I just kind of wrote it and didn't think too much of it. And then let my mom and the editor kind of take care of making it sound professional. Uh-huh. <laughs> so it, kinda, I kinda, it really wasn't that hard to write. I kind of did it fast just because I was like, here's what I really want people to know. And I'm just going to write that. And I'm just going to think what I think. And that's it. <laughs> I love that. And you are so funny because I can remember like us in Vegas yeah. for Nashville and like I that your Instagram page like lives in my head forever it's hilarious <laughs> what's it called again Zotin like, official 
Yes, I would like show all my friends like, look how funny this is. Like I'm, it just like lives with me now. But it's so funny, and I love that your humor is like incorporated. Into I want people to laugh. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, because like so many times you read a book and it's so serious, and you're like, oh wow, like I really got to get it yeah. together. And I think with yours, it's like serious but funny and. Uh, so much truth like weaved into it thank you yeah I love it so good um there's a part of the book that I want to share if you don't mind um that it just like really stuck out to me and there's actually a few parts that go along with this but in chapter six you kind of touch on like insecurities and self-criticism just like what we were talking about before um so I'm going to read a part of it He said, during these times of intense self-criticism, my problem was that there were God-sized holes in my life. I was trying to fill with worldly validations. For a little while, makeup and the right high foot playlist brought me confidence, but eventually my insecurities always caught up to me and I could no longer fix the places of hurt and rejection with things that most people define as beautiful or worthy. Um, Yeah, I think that's so good. Uh, Just like exactly what you said, like, self-criticism and insecurities are just like a hole in your life that like you're you know you're trying to fill with like worldly stuff um but it never it never works like (laughs) no matter what you try if it's not God it's not gonna work um and I love how you apply scripture to pretty much everything um in the book and the one that you brought up with this is Galatians 110 which is am I now trying to win the approval of man or God and like if I'm you know if I'm trying to be a servant of the world like I'm not I'm not serving God um and it's just so true and I always come back to that verse because I'm like why am I you know why am I trying to be a people pleaser why am I trying to get validation from this or that and um I think that verse just really like sets it in stone like if you're doing that you're not being um just like a servant to Christ right. mm-hmm. so crazy but there's advice for everything in the Bible yes and, um, <laughs> love that because god knows we're going to struggle with these things and so he he lays yeah it and we're so lucky now because you can just google anything and yeah. it'll come up like you can be so specific like verse four going through hard time in medical school and with my like <laughs> lab like it, it, it gets super specific and there's gonna be a verse come up somebody's written something <laughs> on it like I've, I've googled really specific situations and i'm and yeah. there is something about it it's like friend friend's boyfriend broke up with her verse like <laughs> And there yeah. will be one for you. So. Oh, absolutely. But I think you you do have to believe like what God's word says is true. Because mm-hmm. um, if you don't believe that, then like those verses don't mean anything. And like they don't click within your spirit. Yeah. And it's cool. I think that different times in your life, di- verses mean different things to you too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, Have you like... Have you seen yourself grow in this since even just writing the book? Yes, I think um, I think it's really definitely a factor of getting closer with God and having the book in general because um, having published the book and I've talked about it. So last year I kind of did a small book tour, not a book tour really, but I just asked you if I could. If I could come talk about it. It wasn't really a book tour. I just reached out so to people cool. on email and said, can I come talk about it? And I got a lot of no's. I had some yeses. <laughs> and so yeah, in know. talking about it, um, it kind of made me even more so believe it because I had to really think about, like, 
what I was going to say, and really the main thing that made me grow in it is that it sparked a lot of conversations about God that would never have been sparked if I'd never had a book about it. Just like so many moms, like old dance moms, because a year before I started med school last year, but I graduated two years ago from college. So I had a gap year in Birmingham where I just was a medical assistant, but I also went and did stuff with my book and talked about it and talked at little Bible studies and stuff. Um, but really it was so cool because it made me have conversations with people that I've known for years and new people, yeah. old people about God that really solidified what 51% means to me and hearing mm-hmm. everyone else kind of tell me their story about, um, trusting God made me really like realize just the truth behind what, what all I wrote in my book. And, um, yeah. I think it kind of helped me grow just to like, be forced to live it out almost because I was always talking about it. It was always getting brought up to me. Um, and it, yeah. it was just really cool last year. But also I think it's really hard when you're in college to yeah. um, trust God, mainly because you always have a distraction around you. So like you go from like college to post-grad transition is really, really hard. Um, mm-hmm. Especially because in college, you always have a friend right by you that you can go ask something about Something happens to you, yeah. you can go ask this friend. If you don't like what she said, okay, next roommate. Oh, don't like what she said, next friend. Okay, well, <laughs> yeah. wants to go out. So I'm going to call the house down the street. Maybe they'll go out with me. So, like, you can always get get advice or get, like, hang out with somebody all the time. You're never alone. And then in post-grad, yeah. you don't have that prolonged distraction from needing to talk to God anymore, I mm-hmm. guess. It's more of, like, a I was just living in my house by myself with my mom and dad, and so I would come home and be complaining about something while my mom is I mean they're my mom instead of my college roommates my mom's like well have you prayed about it I think it's I've definitely grown in it and it's um grown and I think it's a part of like getting out of college too definitely yeah. that yeah. if you have a strong relationship with God right out of college it's another kind of a crucial period of your relationship with God just like during colleges it's like a new it's almost like a new relationship with God where you're like, okay, I'm really an adult. This really matters. This yeah. really matters now. <laughs> I know adulting is hard, but I, I agree. Like it's such, these years shape you so much and you really decide like, who do I want to be? Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. I think too, like going, kind of going back to like part we just talked about in your book, like in college, especially, I think so many girls struggle with confidence. Yes. And I mean, I can, say that still right. you know like sometimes I struggle with that and that can be in anything like body image like what people think of you anything um but there's a part that you talk about with like your spiritual reflection and yeah. finding confidence in that um so I want you to talk a little bit about that because I thought that was also a yeah. really cool part in your book um yeah yeah tell me tell me um, a little bit about that so in the book I kind of talk about and a moment that I was having where I was like nobody likes me like you know every everyone's had a moment like that where they're just like I'm so ugly I hate myself no one likes me I'm never gonna do good whatever I'm so worried about this I'm so worried about that whatever and then I kind of had a one-on-one with God which is what I call it and then I was praying and I made this list of things that I was gonna become it's like this list I was like she is beautiful she loves God she's worthy she knows her worth she always shares the gospel with other people. It was like this long list of things that I was going to become. And I was like, I'm going to be this girl. I'm I'm really going to be this girl. So motivated. And then I had a moment where I was praying. I realized that in God's eyes, 
I am that girl. Like, I already, I am beautiful. I am worthy. I am loved. I am powerful. I can do anything I set my mind to with God. I can step into my purpose. And I am already there. And so a part of um, confidence is not actually confidence at all. <laughs> it's really <laughs> just knowing the truth about what God says about who you are yeah. and kind of defeating the lies that we've believed about ourselves um, in the past. So especially I know growing up in dance, there's a lot of uh, criticism um, and you're always critiquing. I mean, I think I've kind of thought about how crazy it is that we grow up our whole life in front of a mirror every day since we're two. You just, you, <laughs> if you could leave school and then you grow up, you just go in a room for five hours in front of a mirror with other girls in like a bra and booty shorts. <laughs> so of course yeah. you're going to be insecure and you're growing, you have different yeah. things in your body and, but different times in your life, like in the, in your past, you'll have people say things to you. I mean, we've been in auditions where you've been, oh, you would get it, but your, your body image or, um, in any sport, I guess that there's that, and you don't have to be a dancer or cheerleader to experience like criticism about your body image or about who you are. A lot of times in high yeah. school with girls, um, you have a really bad breakup. I'm sure the boy says things to you. You start believing that about yourself, that you're not X, Y, Z, or that you are X, Y, Z. You start believing a lie about, um, I can never be good enough, or I'll always have to work harder than other people in order to prove myself or, mm. um, no one can ever really love me for me. I have to pretend. Those are just kind of some common laws that I feel like people struggle with. And so part of being confident is really just tearing down lies that the enemy is using against you to hold you back from believing and accepting the truth about who you are. And the more that you know God and you spend time with God and make it a point to make every day start with God, you'll kind of learn more about who he is. You'll want to trust him. And you'll have faith in God and faith is the absence of fear. And so that means you won't believe in the lies from the enemy. It's, it's a really long process, but over time it's really cool to see yourself. Um, like knowing that the more time you choose to spend with God and get to know him, the more that those things will kind of naturally start to just break off of your life. And you definitely have to also figure out what those lies are that you're believing about yourself. So it kind of takes a little more in depth approach to it more. I think more deep than I could get in my book. But um, yeah. I think that's a really important thing of it, isn't it? It's not that about being confident or just remembering that God's in control. It's about really like, what lies am I believing about myself? And what's the truth that God wants me to know about this? Yeah. And letting him refine those things mm -hmm. in your life. Because it, it does take time. It is hard. Yeah. It's not like overnight. But it, bringing like dance up, I guess I just think about like how – dance is so subjective and yeah. like your whole <laughs> life is like based on people's opinions of you and I think one like you get used to that at a really young age and I always remembered like okay if there was like different judges here the results are going to be so different yes. so to not put as much worth in mm -hmm. that but but two, it is hard like we've had to deal with that like from a very young age, like we put ourselves up on a stage yeah. to be judged. <laughs> it's tough. I think that, yeah, I think there does, there's a lot of insecurity that comes with that. And, um, you know, confidence too, like you, you learn confidence in a, in a different way. But um, again, like you can't even put your confidence in like, you're in that in dance, because it's going to wreck you at some point. Mm -hmm. Like, it just um, bring, boils down to like, 
who you believe you are and who and whose you are and stuff. Um, but I also just love like the verse that you talked about in this part too, like first Peter three, like three through four about having like a gentle and quiet spirit and how the Lord looks at the heart, but you know, people look at outward appearance and stuff. Um, it's so good. Like, I think sometimes, you know, we think confidence is shown as this like very bold and, um, like who's the loudest in the room, who's center of attention. And I think it's honestly the opposite. Mm -hmm. Like who's confident? who's confident enough to like sit in who they are and, and be that humble and quiet spirit and not be the loudest in the room. Cause mm-hmm. they already know who they are and they don't care what other people, yeah. you know, think. Exactly. Um, it's, it's honestly opposite of like what the world says, but I love that. Like the verse reminds us that um, God does look at the heart and that's the most important thing to him. And that's where true confidence. Yes. Lies. Yeah. So good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there's so many good nuggets in your book um and I'm excited for people to read it and for it to continue touching lives and I don't know if I'm like if I'll use video but if I do I want to show everyone okay. it's so cute <laughs> I have it with me and you wrote me a little note which I loved um but I just I love that like God kind of aligned this friendship we wouldn't have known at you know our in high right. school and junior year of high school like that we'd probably still like keep up with each other and you'd be writing a book and I'd have a podcast. Yes. And, like, I don't know. So, so random, but I love when God just connects the dots mm-hmm. like that. I remember watching so or one of my friends posted like an Instagram story about how she's excited for the new, like making the team show to come on. And I was like, that looks so much like Claire. And then I was like, oh, that is Claire. <laughs> I was like, remember Claire from, from Nebraska? She was like, yes, like the girl with amazing legs. I was like, yes. Oh, okay. She was like, oh, she'll make it. <laughs> oh, that's funny. It's so funny because I never would have thought I'd end up here, like, truly. I just, I feel like maybe you can relate to this, but in our studio, it was like, you either go to LA or New mm-hmm. York. And if you don't do that, you don't really make yeah. it in the dance world. Yeah. So that was kind of my mindset. And I don't know. God really redirected my heart and I'm like, wow, he knows best yeah. like this. I'm so happy here more than I probably would be anywhere else yeah. right now. So, um, yeah, yeah. Just, you really do got to mm-hmm. trust this plan. Yeah. I love the verse that <laughs> he will do, um, abundantly more than we can ever ask or imagine. Cause I'm always like, yeah. nothing I could ever come up with in my own head is going to be as good as what God's going to come about because yeah. I never thought I would be in med school either I always thought I was going to do PR I mean until I was like 13 I was like I'm a professional dancer and then yeah. I guess in high school I realized I probably wasn't cut out for that and then I was like I want to do like something cool PR my mom has a clothing store maybe I'll do that never if you had said yeah. like you might go to med school I was I'd be like um, I don't know <laughs> <laughs> so it's kind of crazy how it all works out in a, in a way you could never actually imagine and so why would you not trust God? <laughs> I know. I know. It's so true. His ways and his thoughts are higher than ours. So I think the more you experience it, the more you believe it, and the easier life becomes because mm-hmm. you just put it in his hands and stuff. Yeah. Um, but I love that. And I love your heart for Jesus and sharing him with others. It's so cool. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Um, do you have plans to like, write another book? Um, I definitely wouldn't have time right now. but I think it'd be really cool once I became a psychiatrist to kind of I'm really interested in how my career 
going into psychiatry, if I get into psychiatry residency, that's a big, like, if, okay, we'll see. Um, <laughs> if, if I were to become a psychiatrist, it'd be really cool to see, like, the, how, how God would kind of work in that, and um, I've read books from, like, pastors about depression and anxiety and different things like that, and so I think it'd be cool once I become a psychiatrist to kind of write about my perspective on that, on, like, I guess, um, happiness from a psychiatry and a, like a spiritual perspective, like kind of combined. Cause it's been cool. And like, yeah. and I feel like being a psychiatrist, you have the privilege of understanding God a little bit more because as a psychiatrist, your role is to understand why people are the way that they are and then help them. And I think that's exactly what God does is he understands exactly why you are the way that you are. And that's why he never judges you and only wants to help you in fixing and whatever you have that like hurt you. And so I think as a psychiatrist, you're really just working your way back and fi- figuring out why is this person like this? Like what's, what's going on that's out of their own control that happened to them yeah. or is why they are the way they are. And that's kind of how God sees us is here. I know these things that happened to them that was out of their own control and that's why they are this way. And that's why I'm not upset with them. I just want them to come to me so I can help. It's kind of how a psychiatrist yeah. is. So I think that'd be really cool. So I'd love to write a book about that maybe in like, 12 years <laughs> so don't hold your yeah. breath <laughs> yeah I was gonna say I'll watch out for it but no that'd be awesome I think combining like science with like faith mm-hmm. and um having that different perspective too it's gonna be yeah. very insightful mm-hmm. and you're right you're gonna learn yeah. so much about God and just like the way yeah he makes yeah but as so far in med school it's I was I was like not really sure what learning about everything and was good I was like because sometimes people like think science and faith whatever but at, while I'm learning about it, I'm like, there's no way that there is not a God because there's yeah. so much that can go wrong and there's so much that has yeah. to be perfectly worked out. And so it's really cool because right now we're doing our cadaver lab, which is like, you know, you have a, a body yeah. and you're like dissecting yeah. it into the body. And we have a room of like 40 of these bodies and all of them cool. are made the exact <laughs> same way, which is so crazy. Yeah. Like there's no way that like, like all of the like tiniest little nerves and vessels are all going the same way. And I was like, there's no way that God didn't create this perfectly because it's worked so well. And like, everyone's is, yeah. is made like this. It's just, I'm like, there, how could you, how could you go through this and learn all of this? And then think there's not a person who created us and loves us and is like watching out for us all the time, which is just cool. Seriously. And it's so complex. Like just even personality mm-hmm. and the way you know, people are, it's like, how I, I agree. It's like, how can you not believe that there's a God behind mm-hmm. all this because it's like impossible to think about how we all have these different little, yes. you know, <laughs> not. like it's crazy. It's crazy, but so cool. And I, I think you'll probably do big things with I that. Hope so. awesome. <laughs> I love it. I'll be looking out for it when you're like a published author and like the best New York best selling <laughs> in a few, few we'll years. We'll see. <laughs> Maybe you can study me. Tell me why I'm the way you can I come see me. You can come be a, a patient. No. I need to I actually need to come back to Alabama. I don't think I've been since Mobile. Like <laughs> Mobile West Coast. Yeah, yes. Like, uh-huh. Yes, West Coast Dance Explosion. Um I'll actually be back in Birmingham for a wedding in the Okay, well text so. me. I will, yeah. Are you close? Yeah, I'm only two hours away. I go home a lot okay. to Birmingham. Oh my gosh, so fun. But yeah, thank you so much okay. for doing this with me and just being up for it. This is so cool. I am so excited and I want to encourage everybody to go read your book. Okay. 
it's always tender, 51%. Um, you can buy it on Amazon it. Prime. Okay, yes. Amazon Yeah, Prime. just type out, like, 51, like, the letters, not, like, 5-1. 51%, and okay. then it'll come up on Amazon Prime. Wow, yeah. look at you. So <laughs> it is kind of funny, though, because you type in, it suggests, like, 50 Shades of Grey. And I was like, that's not that, not that, not that. <laughs> like, grandmas, like, grandmas will be asking me about it. And they're Absolutely. like, is it this? I'm like, <laughs> I love that. So good. Um, I feel like I want to, like, send it to my little cousins and stuff. Um, Get the word out about it. But I'm excited to just, like, support you, you in it. And, yeah, happy to have you on. I hope everybody in Sweetest Honey enjoys and just goes out and buys her Thank book. you. <laughs> of course. Okay. All right, y'all. That is all we have for you today. Thank you for tuning into this episode. I hope you guys enjoyed Zoe and I's conversation and that it brought a little bit of joy to your week. I'll see you next time on the Sweetest Honey Podcast. Bye. Bye.